If you like ducks, dogs, training, deer hunting, anything outdoors, then this is the podcast for you guys. This is the Flying V Podcast. I'm Thaddeus Bash. I'm your host for this beautiful ride, and I'm assisted by my co-host, Mr. Changmore Vang. You can tune in every week and join us as we talk about anything and everything under the moon that you guys want us to talk about. Some facts, some fiction, and a whole lot of opinions. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's hop into it. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of 50 States of Waterfowl. Um, by far one of my favorite projects that I've ever endeavored on. Uh, and this one is a total blast. This week, we've got the well-anticipated Arizona coming up on the channel for you. So uh, this should be a pretty fun episode. Uh, it's going to be hard to top last week's. Alaska, but I think Arizona might actually pull through and surprise us, uh, and we should be able to make a pretty good show out of it. Uh, as you know, myself and Vang have both kind of been uh, iffy about Arizona. I guess you could say. Uh, There's a lot know, of questions. <laughs> I I don't I find it hard to believe that it's going to be great, but Colin is going to join us today. He's going to share. Uh, Arizona duck hunt with us and I think it he might actually surprise us we might have an underdog uh on our hands here for uh the running of the best state of waterfowl but I don't know he's gonna let us know I haven't really got the chance to sit down and actually talk with Colin very much uh but he was kind enough to volunteer his time to help us out in our search and trust me uh it's not easy to find people who duck hunt in Arizona uh at least not via internet. So uh, before we hop into everything, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's been supporting the podcast so far. Um, if you just stumbled across this episode by chance, then go ahead and check out our other two episodes in our series, 50 States of Waterfowl. Each week, we're bringing on a guest from one state to uh, just come on and shoot the shit about ducks for about 30 minutes to an hour. And uh, we're trying to find the best and the worst places to waterfowl hunt across the United States of America. Um, Alabama was down towards the bottom. Alaska is going to be hard to remove from the top. I don't think anyone's going to be able to dethrone Alaska. But we're going to find out about Arizona this week. Um, if you haven't already, go follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Flying V Outdoors. I'm always posting stuff over there for you guys. And we actually are about to do a giveaway over there on Instagram celebrating the one-year anniversary. Um, so that should be pretty fun. I'm not going to drop any spoiler alerts yet. But uh, you can also, if you're not watching this podcast on YouTube, please go over to YouTube, Flying V Outdoors. Hit that subscribe button, guys. Check out a few videos and stick around. Uh, we got this podcast rolling for a whole year, so we got all this coming, um, plus all of our training and hunting season right around the corner, some more hunt tests this fall. So it's going to be a fun, fun year. Uh, the first year of the channel, I think, was a big success. Um, we've had a lot of growth, and we've dove into quite a few cool projects. So I, I think this next year um, for the whole Flying V thing is going to be really booming. Um, so without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, do my weekly recap with Mr. Vang here who decided to be late today. <laughs> what's up, buddy? Sorry about that. Do you mind, uh, what's that? Do you want to go ahead and let everyone know why we're late today? Yeah, I was cleaning out my garage, killing time, and, uh, I totally lost track of time, you know? That's you what killed, happens. You, when... <laughs> you killed too <laughs> much time. Yeah, I killed too much time. So, what, uh... uh 
what have you been up to last week, man? Dude, I've just been trying to clean up the house and, uh, you know, we've got, like I said, my charter school going up. So we just had a couple meetings with them and, uh, discussing, you know, grand opening this year. So we're, uh, I'm excited for that. Been busy when, with that. When do you guys open? Like, uh, so, so the school year is set to start in September for us. So oof. our grand opening is going to be in August. Do you, do you have um, students? Yes, we do. We have about, we're, so we're a small start charter school, so we're not expecting a lot of kids, but uh, we have like maybe a 15, 20 kids per classroom. Whoa. So K through five. Yeah. without, without boring everyone, can you explain <laughs> to me what a charter school is? Cause I think I'm too poor to know. It's, it's basically just like another school, but we're a nonprofit school. So we don't, um, for example, we, we're not like public. We, we have to do other things and it, it's more like people who own the school instead of the city itself. So it's a private school. Yeah, basically. But you said but, you're nonprofit. Yeah, it's a nonprofit school. So how do you get paid? Grants. Oh. Grants help us and yeah. <laughs> so you <laughs> mooch off the government for your salary. <laughs> really? Yeah, kind of have to. Wow. Okay. Didn't so, take yeah. you as that type. <laughs> that's how you make money all right you don't take from the people you take from the government that's because right. the government takes from the people <laughs> i heard that um uh, okay well uh, what, yeah. do, I need, what do i need to be a teacher uh, well one a teaching degree so in what whatever you uh decide where's the degree have to be from any university i guess define university <laughs> Let's. I know you're not going to be wanting to teach kids, so we'll we'll just skip this question. Was well, it like K through twelve, or is it just K like little five. kids, it's little, oh. little shitheads that you're gonna? I hate. can I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, the last week for me, man, I haven't. Uh... What have I done? I don't know. Every week, I don't remember what I did. It, it's uh. like I said last week, man. It's all such a blur. With you know or hashing out the final stuff getting ready to close on our house next week and packing all our stuff and you know doing this i've been trying to pump out two uploads on youtube every week uh, so and then you know working yeah. a full-time job as well i stay pretty damn busy so uh <laughs> yeah, no I, I hear you and it's been too hot to train um so really yeah it's just been kind of a big blur but it's all good you know i I'm surprised you're doing all these gear reviews while, you know, you're trying to move out and pack up your stuff. I'd be like, this is way too much shit. I'm going to throw some of that away. <laughs> Dude, well, I, you know, like, <laughs> I, it's because I've been packing and I, like, stumble across stuff. I'm like, oh, this would make a good gear review. I like this. <laughs> like the mojo. Yeah. I was like, went and cleaned out my storage unit. And I was like, oh, shit, I never <laughs> did a video on this. So I just, like, whipped it out. Right. I was like, okay, well, I need to review this because I like <laughs> it. That floater mojo is sweet. Uh, right. It comes at a price, but I like it. So, you'd know that if you watched the video. I did actually. <laughs> I, I actually thought that um that black circular floating thing that holds it. I think that would be like a turnoff to the ducks. Why? I don't know because it's black and it's it's like in the middle of a of fucking water. You know. I don't know. I don't see how a duck sees. But dude, they see color and they flare. <laughs> Is black a color? It it is, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it kind of blended into the water. I don't. 
don't know. I don't think I, it'd stand out terribly much. Maybe, I might, you, maybe consider spray painting it, you know? A black dog will just, like, sit in front of a blind, and they have no care in the world about that. I don't think I don't think that's a turnoff to them. It's irrelevant. We're already going down a rabbit hole. Okay. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> Colin is anxious to talk. I already yeah. <laughs> so uh, everyone, we're gonna go ahead and uh, get this show on the road. Colin's gonna talk to us about some Arizona waterfowl. So uh, Colin, can you hear us good? Yep, I can hear loud and clear. Can you guys hear me? For sure. Yes, sir. So uh, real quick, if you want to just introduce yourself a little bit, tell us your name, where you're from, what you do. Of course, of course. I. Uh, my name's Colin. Um, I am a duck hunter living in the beautiful state of Arizona, believe it or not. I uh, <laughs> laughing to myself when you were mentioning earlier in the the, uh, the the preview, you know, joking about, you know, how hard it is to find a duck hunter in Arizona. And you're not wrong. There's not a lot of us. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, I've uh, been shooting ducks down here for about six years now, formally. And I love every minute of it. Um, I actually grew up in Denver, Colorado for 18 years until I went to college. And believe it or not, I shot my first duck in Arizona. Okay. Uh, so really got into waterfowl once I uh, went into college and really graduated college. And as weird as it sounds, we shoot ducks with saguaro cactuses in the backgrounds. And we had a good time doing it. <laughs> it's not, I like it. It's not what everybody else thinks. But it works for most of us, I'd say. And, uh, you know, overall, we, we seem to enjoy ourselves. Um, other than that, I, uh, I spend a good amount of time duck hunting, spend a little time upland hunting, and I spend the rest of my time. Um, I'm the area chairman for the Scottsdale chapter of Ducks Unlimited. So I spend a good amount of time in the off season doing conservation work as well, too. Fundraising, that is. Awesome. Awesome. I will say, you, you said it's not what everyone expects, but, like, I'm not going to lie. I expected nothing but duck hunting around cactuses. Like I expect like a cactus, a cacti blind. That's <laughs> what I imagine when I think of Arizona. So I, <laughs> I'm excited. Um, and you, so you said you're the, how long you've been doing DU? How long you've been involved with them? Um, I've been involved with DU for about four years now as a volunteer and actually just took over as area chairman recently. Um, so this will be the first, uh, technically second uh, fiscal year, if you will, running the area chair of Scottsdale. Um, we've got a cool little chapter down here. We're not nearly the size as most groups, um, just considering the lack of uh, duck hunters, if you will, in the desert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for all things considered, we, we actually do pretty darn well and we're uh, relatively up and coming as a state as well. So it's uh, it's cool to see all the, the fundraising efforts and, you know, hopefully put more ducks on the landscape overall. So Yeah, cool. I uh I do I well, I did a lot of help but um around here in Shreveport, Louisiana with our DU um and the surrounding clubs and we'd help with the banquets and stuff and get a uh, you know, get tables and get everything set up, work the banquets and um I was pretty active in it um over the last year. Well COVID First of all, I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, with an organization that thrives off fundraising in person via banquets and events, it's kind of hard to plan a banquet when you can't even be around your neighbor. Uh, so COVID kind of strangled us there. And then uh, it, I've been so busy with this and everything else that I really don't have room uh, on my plate for any more food right now. So I, I've kind of stepped away from that, uh, but I still try and help when I can. Uh, it's just my schedule so damn busy. Uh, 
but I do. I'm a firm believer. Uh, I, I like DU. I support DU, and I think uh, I'm a firm believer that conservation is definitely the key to our future. Uh, but living in Louisiana, there are a lot of anti-Ducks Unlimited people. They fucking hate DU here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, dude, I'm not kidding. Isn't I mean, I'm why? speaking. It's, can you get explained why? Dude, I've, I've heard some stories. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I know a gentleman who is from the southeast coast of Texas and grew up duck hunting down there, which is pretty darn close to Louisiana when you start looking at it. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he does a lot of DU stuff as well. And some of the stories from him... Dude, I, I've heard them. It's absolutely wild. Um, from like the whole flooded corn complex up north to the private ponds and stuff. We've heard some absolute riots of stories coming out of there. Oh, yeah. And it's like religion to them. <laughs> I mean, it's they literally have like a DU hater Bible that they all like read every Sunday. It's crazy. Uh, like they, to answer your question, Fang, they believe that Ducks Unlimited has these massive flooded cornfield heated farms in the north <laughs> and that's why they can't kill any fucking ducks on public land in louisiana is because ducks unlimited is capturing all these ducks and they won't let them leave they're holding them in in the northern states that, that's their whole argument is solely based off of allegation and there's zero facts in it if i i'll get on the facebook group and try and talk like some facts with them and we'll talk about you know migration patterns and we'll talk about weather and global warming and real things that if you cared about you could probably make a difference in but no they just fucking hate corn like that's that's their only argument that and it's specifically mountain that's why it's corn because mallards love corn yeah they hate it it's not the gadwalls, it's not the ringnecks, because those are still there. It's the fucking mallards that aren't anymore. Um, which, yeah, it's funny, but anyways. That's actually one of my hobbies, is to uh, hop on Facebook and and play the fact game. And then it, it's entertaining. They get worked up, and then, you know, they'll, like, go look at your Facebook profile and start trying to make fun of your, like, personal life and shit, because that's... And then that's how you know you win is when so if someone goes to your Facebook page and is like ah your dog looks stupid like <laughs> that's how you know yeah. like yep you you know you're wrong and now you're <laughs> just fucking reaching for something dude uh, so I love it that's like the best feeling ever one day uh, no we're not even gonna talk about it we're getting off track already <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh, definitely du is cool I like them not everyone does but uh. If you ever want a real hoot, come down to Louisiana and go try and knock on some doors and sell some tickets. You'll have fun. All right. <laughs> but uh, so you've been hunting for six years. Uh, so you said you didn't. So did you go to college in Arizona? That's where you went to college? Yeah, I went to school, um, graduated back in 2015 at the University of Arizona. That is down in Tucson, which is kind of like southern Arizona. And uh, ended up meeting my wife down there at the time. She's from Phoenix, and so we moved up here. And I've been living in Scottsdale since, which is more of like, uh, I guess you'd say, central Arizona. So I graduated. That's really when I kind of got serious about duck hunting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, prior to that. um, So Arizona, obviously, it's a desert. So we got a lot of quail. We got some other upland birds as well, too. But quail's a pretty big deal. And in college, my dad and I would go shoot quail down in southern Arizona and had a rip-roaring time. 
um, while we were doing that, there's these little stock tanks in between when the dogs are watering. We always try to jump up and shoot some ducks in between. And it really wasn't until I graduated and moved up to Phoenix, um, Scottsdale area, that I kind of got serious about it. You know, got my first 12-pack of decoys and uh, kind of went off the deep end, if you will. Um, yeah. My wife likes to put it. But <laughs> it's uh, been quite a wild ride since. And so I've been shooting ducks up here for about six years now, a little bit more. So when you first started duck hunting up there, did you was there someone you knew that like got you into it to like a more formalized duck hunting or was it just like a on a wing and you did it by yourself or no um mostly it was uh, you know it went out every now and then kind of by myself but there's a, there's a gentleman by the name of joe and met him off the duck forums and you know there's like sketchy websites where you can talk to other <laughs> and about duck hunting meeting up in the middle <laughs> of the night and stuff like that yeah and so that was one of them. You know, I met this, you know, he's not middle-aged. He's a younger guy like me. But, uh, you know, met up with this guy. His name's Little Joe. And, uh, you know, met him at a gas station in BFE where the sun don't shine at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning just based <laughs> on the number. And, man, he took me out for the morning. Um, you know, I brought my little 12-pack of decoys that my wife got me for a Christmas gift. You know, a little uh, dozen uh, hardcore Mallard decoys. And we went on our first hunt. Um, the funnier part is I, I've got two dogs now, but the original dog, he's a mutt. Um, he basically looks like a German shepherd mixed with an Akita. So not hunting whatsoever, but he would <laughs> birds like he's no business. And so I brought him yeah. with him. And so it's me, this guy I just met at four o'clock in the morning and he took me out to go shoot some ducks. And that was the first time that man, it really turned on for me. Um, it was, you know, by most standards, it was a pretty darn good hunt. Um, but watching those birds crest over the trees for the first time and, you know, calling the shot at probably about seven, 12 yards out, it, yeah, it, there's a reason I'm addicted now. Yeah, that, that'll do it right there. Yeah. That's, it was, that's awesome. I love those stories. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't beat it for these first, you know, first time hunt, really, for the most part. Um, it's just sitting on a tiny little water hole. I couldn't be more than about 20 yards wide by 50 yards long. And, you know, it's, I think maybe a total of three dozen decoys out. Definitely no mojos, no duck calls or anything, just a little jerk rig. And as soon as that flock walked up from, I don't know, you know, maybe 50, 70 yards up, it just watching them backpedal right on in and calling the shot. It, there's just, you just can't be. And I ended up walking home with, you know, two drakes and a hen, uh, mallards. Uh, my buddy shot three as well, too. And it, kind of the rest is history after that. Um kind of went off the deep end in terms of duck hunting and everything. Um, now I've got a full-blown lab, you know, two boats, um, all kinds of shit as well. But it's, uh, it's been quite the wild ride these last six years. Oh, Question. yeah. So, so did your dog retrieve? Oh, yeah. Your... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he retrieved for you too that day. Oh, yeah, man. His, his name's Rufus. Um, okay. And I'll, I'll send you pictures if you want to put them off the page or anything. Most people <laughs> try it, but... His dog's probably got about 5,000 retrieves under him for his lifetime. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's no lab. And don't, you know, don't get me wrong. He doesn't have the nose or, you know, the ability to train. But, man, he just absolutely loves retrieving. Um, he's a loyal-ass dog. He's easy to handle. And everything from geese to, to ducks, quail, um, man, he'll retrieve it if you shoot it for him. <laughs> nice. Except for, except for tennis balls, though. No tennis Just, Just <laughs> – that's crazy. Boone loves tennis balls. It's funny you brought that up. Boone's like favorite thing. I think the only thing Boone would rather have more than a duck is a tennis ball. 
Yeah, no. My dog's drive for a tennis ball is nuts. Like, I wish he had that all day long. <laughs> well, the problem is Boone does have that all day long. <laughs> yeah. But he he loves his fucking tennis ball. Um, <laughs> so, have you hunted any other states other than Arizona? I have. I have. Um, I went to go shoot uh, early teal out in Texas last year. And that was my first true out-of-state duck hunt. Yeah, it was pretty good, huh? Yeah, man. It's yeah, it's like Disneyland down there. Um, yeah, yeah. Texas teal hunting can be pretty sweet. Were you southern Texas? Uh, southeast coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have fun down there on the coast. Same with Louisiana. They, you know, they hammer the teal in South Louisiana, uh, and pretty much all season long from teal season through <laughs> till February, uh, but. You know they they're there year round, so <laughs> uh, yeah. it's hard not to. My buddy, um, he grew up there his whole life, and I'm not going to name cities or anything like that on his behalf. But he grew up there his whole life shooting a club, um, not necessarily a club, more just kind of like a family lease. And at this point, he would put that up with just about you know early teal hunts anywhere else in the entire world. It's uh, <laughs> It, it was pretty special stuff. Uh, I've got some pretty cool videos of it as well, too. Just watching, you know, balls of, you know, 35 birds come right on in, feet down, just like it's nobody's business. Oh, yeah. It's on my list of, like, things to do uh, is to go to... I haven't been on a teal hunt in South Louisiana or Texas, but it, it's on my list is to go on, like, a coastal area teal hunt. And uh, yeah. I, well, I, we talk about my list of things to do all the time, though, and I have yet to fucking check anything off of it. <laughs> and I guess you probably deal with these on the regular, but gators, that's the one thing I don't, I don't fuck with gators. I live in the desert. <laughs> yeah. I don't fuck with gators. And you know, yeah. I don't do gators. Like gators swimming in the duck hole. Um, you know, like you pull up in the morning and I don't know how much you know about, you know, uh, teal hunting and stuff, but typically it's in rice fields for the most part. And uh, got a good, you know, farmer. He'll go ahead and you know mow a couple circles to knock down the right little landing strip for the birds. Yeah. And pull up in the morning, and you look down, and there's like you know four sets of eyes. Oh, <laughs> swimming in the rice field. <laughs> yeah, it's a... all right. Let's go piss them off and toss some decoys. Great. Oh, it's a good time, man. I uh, I'm originally from Indiana, uh, which we don't have any gators up there, and <laughs> you know I moved down and. I got to Louisiana in 2018, so I've been here for three years. Uh, and my first duck season here, like, is literally it was teal season. We were hunting this private property. I'd never seen a gator before, uh, and I'm throwing out decoys. And you know, I, I, you got your headlamp on, and you can shine it across there, and you can just see eyes like fucking everywhere. And you know, they were like 100 yards away, probably. Um, so I wasn't that worried about it. Like, I was like, oh, this is kind of sketchy. But, you know, I was only like 15 yards off the bank um, wading out there. And, you know, I was shining them. And I told my buddy, he was staying on the bank. He's like, hey, man, just keep your spotlight on those eyes. If they move, like, do something. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't fucking know. Like, do something. So yeah, he's shining them. And I'm throwing out these teal decoys and setting up a mojo. And, He's like, hey, that the eyes went away. I was like, what? <laughs> and then, like, I shit you not, they just popped back up like thirty yards away from me, and yeah. I have never moved faster in my life. And that was that was my first encounter with a gator. Um, since then, I, I 
you kind of like grow numb to them almost. Like, I don't know. I don't really worry about them that much. I mean, we kayak hunt, we do a lot of weight hunting. Uh, and like, you know, there's gators. We'll in the morning, um, at least early season and teal season, especially one of the smaller ponds we hunt on it, you know, let's, I guess it's a small lake. I don't know. It's a bigger body of water, but you'll see at least 15 gators paddling out to your spot in the morning during teal season. Um, and you're just like, you know, you just keep your eyes peeled and keep your light shined, you know, all around looking around. But, uh, We'll be doing that, and then, you know, early season, our season comes in mid-November, depending on if it's hot or warm. Uh, it varies on how many gators are out and about. So, like, last year, early season, we saw one or two. Then we got a good cold front. Once the water temperature drops, they're not a concern. Uh, they're very lethargic, uh, right, and they're not, you're not worried about them. There's some special temperature, like below. I, I don't know the number, but like below 65 degrees, they're just not going to come mess with you, kind of thing. Yeah, what? I think once the water temperature is below 55, 55. So, yeah. so, so I'm from up north, and we don't have to deal with gators. But can you shoot them? No. There's no hunting them or anything. There, well, there, there's a gator oh. season, yeah, but you can't okay. just like go out and be like, oh, there's a gator, <laughs> and fucking shoot it. Yeah, you have to apply in like March for like tags, okay. and it's a big process. Uh. But no, you you can't just like pop them. <laughs> okay. I, I wish you could, like, uh, you know, because sometimes they're too close for comfort. You're just like, you know, I don't want. I'd I'd rather you be dead than near me. So, <laughs> it, that may be fucked up to say, but like, you know, I don't want you around. Yeah. Um, but once the temperature drops, you know, we'll wait around. I mean, we could see one there one day, and then next week we'll be walking around in there. So it's it's one of those things I try to not think about. Because if you think about it, you know, it's you're going to be worried about it. So if you just don't think about it, you're fine. Just <laughs> that's my advice. Just pretend they're not there. And I gotcha. <laughs> if they don't see you, if you don't move, they can't see you. Right. So what about your dogs? Do you send them out there knowing that there's a gator out there? Well, n- no, if it's if the water's warm, my dog stays at home. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I taking him. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, like I'm no. I'm not taking him out there. No, but once it once it once we go, if we go out and like you see no gators, like all right, the next day, Boone's coming hunting, and and I'm not. You know, you're not doing any crazy retrieves. I mean, it, most of your retrieves are within like 40 yards during duck season in the water. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. You could see, you'd see a gator before he swam up and ate your dog. In that <laughs> case, yes, like we're all dumping shells. Then you can, sh- yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know if you can, like, I don't know if it's legal, but I will take that one to court over <laughs> right. my dog being literally eaten in front of me. That would be like the worst thing ever, I feel like, is watching your best friend go pick up your duck and then like he just turns around with the duck and you're like yeah good boy and then just oh, gone <laughs> okay let's not <laughs> let's not get off course again oh that's a fun topic but uh you distracted me you brought up gators sorry uh, sorry <laughs> back to uh <laughs> back to arizona um uh, so what 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 kind of birds do you kill in arizona 
depends on what you want to hunt. Um, I kill yeah. I kill mallards, widgeon, and pintails in that order. Uh, I'd kill a lot more pintails if they raise the limit above one, but that's just the life it is. I, I think I shot, I don't know, technically like 14 limits of pintails throughout the year, um, meaning I shot 14 birds throughout the year. Um, and that's pretty much it. We, we shoot. Um, if you want to shoot other birds, we got a bunch of shovelers. We got a bunch of teal coming through as well, too. Um, I'm, I'm guessing we don't get the same number of diving ducks that you guys do. Um, we get a bunch of ringnecks, but we don't have a huge amount of bodies of water that can really sustain the other type of um, diving ducks. I, I forget what they're called, but the you know the the poacher family or whatever the canvas back type of guys. Um, we most of our lakes out here, aside from like the Colorado River are essentially flooded out canyons meaning that it's a seasonal river that runs through they dammed it at one point and they dammed it in a strategic point to fill up as much from a reservoir standpoint as possible the sides of the river the sides of the lake are pretty much just like straight up canyons doesn't really promote a lot of aquatic growth and we don't have a lot of divers um, most of the ducks that we shoot are usually going to be puddle ducks. Mostly, I think, widgeon, teal, and mallards are going to be the top three, like, year by year, just overall as a state. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound too bad. No, man. And I'll tell you this much. We're one of the only states that you can shoot seven greenheads a day. You know, I was about to ask you, you said one pintail. What, what are your limits in Arizona? So in the aggregate is seven, and sublimits are pretty straightforward for most parts. <clears throat> um, we're allowed seven birds overall, which is nice. There's no mallard limit aside from a two hen limit, meaning that I can shoot five green heads and two hens, or I can shoot seven green heads. But the yeah. most you can shoot are two hens. And you guys got like model ducks, right, down there? You know what those are? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we got a variation. It's actually not a variation. Um, the, the biologists would ding me on that because they actually just got their own you know, species classification. But we've got Mexican ducks, which look pretty similar to that. And so yeah, I, I know what a Mexican duck is. Yeah, so you're only allowed two of them as well, too. Um, but other than that, man, I can shoot seven greenheads. I can shoot seven widgeon. Um, the other limits apply to canvasbacks, which I believe are two. Redheads are either one or two. Um, pintails are one. Um, but it's, it, it's pretty darn generous. Oh, and scalp has a limit as, scalp has a limit as well too. Um, but like I said, we don't really shoot that many diving ducks to be candid with you. Yeah. That's sounds like a pretty good life to me. I mean, you know, last week with Alaska, I mean, he, there, what was their limit? Eight. And they could just shoot like eight of anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Like they could just shoot eight ducks. It didn't matter what it was just eight ducks, except what? for like, I think the only thing they were limited on was a canvas bag. I was like one canvas bag. Huh, that's weird. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we not quite that cool, but <laughs> many states that you can shoot seven greenheads with 75 degrees out and sunny. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, that's still down here. That's what I'm wondering. What's the weather over there when you're hunting? <laughs> because, oh. you know, I would assume Arizona is just hot. <laughs> yeah, man, it's hot. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, ducks come down here. They just got to come down here eventually. And we don't get the same, you know, like grand passage migration that everybody else does. But man, most days I'm shooting ducks and it's between, you know, 75 degrees, 80 degrees. Um, last November we were shooting ducks and it was, it got up to about 95 degrees one day. Um, oh, shit. 
it's it's beautiful and you know morning time gets nice and cool especially down on the water and everything um you know you might take the boat out and it might be i don't know 45 50 degrees um but you know pretty much just wear a pair of waders to keep me dry and you know a nice uh, light jacket just for a little bit of camo it, it's beautiful um there's no heaters there's no like you know insulated waders none of that bs um there's no breaking ice we, we don't fuck that kind of stuff um it's yeah Field hunts are a pleasure. Um, I usually just wear like a pair of khakis and a t-shirt and some muck boots and call it good. <laughs> yeah. No, I I don't blame you. That doesn't sound terrible at all. That sounds like a pretty... I told you Arizona was going to be an underdog, man. I, that <laughs> no, he, he's not wearing jackets. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, I mean, if I'm shooting ducks and shorts and a t-shirt and, and Crocs, I mean, I'm taking it. Hey, don't... Yeah, as long as you're not knocking the Crocs, we're okay. Yeah, don't knock the Crocs. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing I'm, my right now as we speak. I'm good with it. Integral part to the uh, the Arizona wardrobe. So 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 far <laughs> for Arizona, we got good weather. Seven greenheads. How's the public? Do you hunt public or private? Uh, I actually do a vast majority of public land hunting. Uh, how how is public land there? Is it how accessible is it? Uh, how much is available? Is it pressured? Would you like to elaborate on that? I would. And it's very different than the East Coast or the Midwest. Out West here, I think it's like 60%, 70% of our state is public land. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're talking about just a handful of refuges across the whole state or just a couple of, you know, small bodies of water. Public land is public land, man. It stretches across the entire state. And as long as you're willing to get off your butt and go work for it, you can get away from the crowds pretty darn well. Yeah. Uh, we are a very populated state. We have, oh man, they're going to kill me if I get this wrong, but it's about 5 million people in the city of Phoenix. Um, and there's not a lot of water. So when you do the math, we end up having some competition, but I'm guessing it's not like Louisiana, right? It's not like Bayou or however you pronounce that, where people are running each over them, each, running over each other in boats and stuff. But Yeah, people are stupid. <laughs> You uh, you do have to spend a little bit of time to get away. Um, the entire western side of our state, like the entire west side, is the Colorado River. Big-ass river, a lot of ducks, um, a lot of area to cover, big-ass lakes, refuges, feed, farms, agriculture, all kinds of good stuff. Um, all public land, too. We got the pretty much, and not it's actually not the northern part of our state, because the northern part of our state's majority um, Indian res. But we've got a good amount of the mountain zone is what we call it, actually. And there's just a bunch of, you know, big ass reservoirs up there, you know, kind of low laying swamps and stuff that don't um, but that they do ice up early. Um, and then we got some other like rivers that run throughout the state, um, not counting all the central area where there's a good amount of agriculture. Um, we got a bunch of reservoirs as well, too. And man, pretty much if it's if it's if there's water, pretty much it's public. Um, got a bunch of lakes, but with that being said, if there's agriculture, obviously agriculture is private. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that like here we have, you know, Louisiana has a bunch of public land, but it's not good public land. I will say the one downside to Louisiana is their uh, like wildlife management is pretty piss poor uh, at best. And, and and it's funny because, you know, like you mentioned, there are a ton, I wish I had an actual number for you, but a ton of waterfowl hunters here. Um, 
so you'd think with all the money that um, we could generate just from licenses, it, just the state stamp alone, it's like five bucks, right? But I mean, when you multiply that by the thousands, that's a, a lot of money uh, being generated. And unfortunately, it, it doesn't reflect on the public land that we have here. Um, it's very poorly maintained. Um, which all we do, I mean, I'll, I hunt 99% public land. Um, so you can find birds there. It's just, um, there's so much potential in our public land that it kind of falls to the wayside in my opinion. So it, well, yeah, we do at least you guys have a lot of public land. That's not terrible. Well, uh, I mean, it's not exactly the best. <laughs> and you know, like I said, it's hard to kind of understand, but you made it sound pretty good though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean we've got our we, we have a good amount of fun, but you gotta work for it though. I, I will say, um, yeah, it, it's not like you can just walk right up at the refuges, right? It, it, we we do have some refuges in our state, but if you're gonna go hunt those, yeah, man, you know you're dealing with pass shooters. You know you're dealing with you know maybe five, ten people out there on the refuge in a day, and you know if you have a good day, you might shoot you know two, three birds a person, maybe four birds a person. But there's a lot of land that's just kind of like unexplored, and if you're willing to you know go do a little bit of four-wheeling, you know, maybe take the boat up the, you know, down the lake a little ways. Um, you can usually find some birds if you're willing to work for it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Who do way better than I do, and they exclusively hunt public land. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of how hard you're willing to work. Um, that's one thing you mentioned about Louisiana, you know, not taking good care of it. It's not that our game and fish guys don't take good care of it. It's just that waterfowl is, you know, incredibly low on the priority list. Oh, um, yeah. We don't even have, a, a you know, a waterfowl liaison or anything like that. The closest we get is a small game biologist uh, <laughs> who happens to be a duck hunter. Uh, in addition to other hunting, you know, a pretty big dove hunter, pretty big upland hunter as well, too. But, you know, he, he does a pretty good job for us. But, yeah, man, it's, a lot of it gets kind of left to the wayside. Um, we've got a bunch of refuges that are kind of just sitting in decay. You know, fields don't get planted. You know, things are just closed straight up. But if, if it was managed right, and I, I think we're trending in the right direction. we got a good group of guys in there right now. Um, but if it continues to trend in the right direction, man, it could be a hell of a lot of fun, you know, five, ten years down the road from now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm not. I'm kind of sold on Arizona. I might have to come to Arizona and shoot some ducks. Uh, yeah, and you're right. It doesn't sound as bad as we thought it was going to. No, no, it really isn't. <laughs> um, you know, it depends on who you talk to. I'll be candid. If you, if you talk to some boy from Arkansas who's used to hunting, you know, a lease where they could roll up to the blind every you know week, and it's you know a freshly flooded soybean field or something. Okay, you know, a little different. We, we don't got that kind of stuff here. But, but they're cold. Yeah, it's. I guess <laughs> the weather is yeah. what's yeah. like where I'm at. Sold at. Oh, weather. <laughs> if you're good with weather and if you're good with shooting, you know, seven ducks a day. You know, five of them are mallards, two of them might be teal. Yeah, we're we're the place for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, with how awesome it is in Arizona, what is what is your number one dream state to go hunting? Oh man, I, yeah, I don't know. Um. I really want to do some diver stuff, like off Cape Cod or something like that, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, 
or up in Alaska for that matter. I, I've heard that that's some pretty incredible stuff. Um, I've got a good buddy who makes a trip down to Mexico every to shoot Brant, and that's pretty high up on the bucket list. Uh, yeah. But I don't know, man. That's about it. Um, yeah, right. You're right there next to Mexico, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you ever heard of talking about getting guns into like a socialist? <laughs> nah, man. They, they kind of did that shit. Uh, so it, it's kind of a process. And the brand don't really hang out right by the border, obviously. You got to kind of hop on a plane and go fly a little bit further south. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, about it, man. Diver ducks, that's or diver ducks, but sea ducks and brands. That's kind of what I want to do. Um, oh, and I, I will say, full disclosure, man, we don't get geese in Arizona. Um, yeah, we <laughs> Um, snow geese are more of like a uh, mystic illusion than anything else. <laughs> that's not a. What we said? Not, it's not a disappointment because, like, I'm gonna be honest. We didn't even expect you to have ducks in Arizona. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be like totally fair with you. I had like my premeditated list of states, and I think Arizona was like 50 of 50 as far as like best worst i think arizona was pegged last for me yeah i i, I don't blame you either um, not anymore though no i think you sold it i think you're like a, a front runner or in the middle at least you're you're in the the you're in the middle we'll just say the middle we're we're too early into the yeah, we just ranking <laughs> but out of the three i think i would go to arizona before i went to alabama oh yeah for sure so there you go you're tied for well. You're in second. You're in second. <laughs> it's not bad. First, last. Not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> so so uh, oh, go ahead. Everything. So what is like your? I'm gonna ask this because this is my question. I ask everyone in different states. What is your best duck recipe, or how do you cook your ducks? So there's two different answers to that. My best duck recipe is duck confit tacos. Um, you can't beat it. There's nothing better in this world. <laughs> How I cook the majority of my ducks is I put them into either like sausage or brats. Um, last summer we did a big 50 pound batch of, uh, just like breakfast sausage and smoked brats. And those were awesome. Um, I'm about to drop some off at the butcher right now, probably closer to like 75 pounds of it. Basically it's going to be green chili cheese brats. And what? Oh, dude, it's good. It's really good stuff. And so I, I really enjoy that too. But if you're looking for like the best recipe out there for duck, I'm going to go with duck confit tacos. Um, it, you don't use the You only use the legs. And I, I'm guessing you know how to make confit itself. But basically, you just slow cook it in a bunch of duck fat until it falls off the bone. Um, you take that. And then before you put it on the taco, you go ahead and braise it or get it nice and hot and pretty much fry it again. And I get it nice and crispy. Um, put that in a little flour tortilla, not corn. Um, a little bit of pico, a little bit of pico de gallo, a little bit of like cabbage and some slaw, a little bit of mayonnaise or, you know, whatever that, that is for you, some sauce. And my God, is it good. Um, some people do it like a sauce as well, but that's, that's my favorite type of duck. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I think that's my <laughs> new favorite type of duck. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta try that out this year. That's a, you know, and this is the second week in a row we've heard something about like sausage and breakfast sausage. And that's definitely, that's. I wrote that down last week. That's on my list of things to do this year. But that's, I have two things on my list. So, yeah. Hell yeah. 
it's it's good man i you know admittedly um a, a lot of our ducks that we shoot down here I, I don't trust pintails anymore i get a lot of rice breast pintails so those all get you know breasted out um but unless it's going to be like a big fat widgeon with bright you know white fat i, I typically try to breast out most of the ducks by the time yeah. they just don't have the same amount of fat that you know the rest of the country ducks do mm. um, and that sausage and those brats oh my god is it good it's just delicious oh i can imagine i I'm daydreaming about it right now. You guys got me hungry, uh, <laughs> you know. And the the tacos, I, I, I make like well, I make fajitas and tacos. I duck tacos. Well, I just fucking love tacos in general. I don't know many people in this <laughs> world that would turn down a taco, but right, yeah, like anything, like duck tacos, fajitas, quesadillas, anything. It yeah, you all you got to do is just put duck in it, and it's good. Have you ever tried the confit before, duck confit? I have not, no. So I'm going to. Yeah, and it's spelled like C-O-N-F-I-T. It's one of those French words. But that, in that, in my opinion, that's the best way to do duck. You basically just like slow cook it in its own fat until it falls off the bone. And then you crisp it up right up again. And it's just, oh, man, it just makes your mouth water. It's like you're trying to seduce <laughs> me. I like it. I'm a, I, I, that one I already, I already typed down here in my notes. That's a... I'm gonna try it, and I'm gonna make a video of it. Good, good. And it's probably not gonna turn out <laughs> how it's supposed to. Right, I'm, I'm over here looking at the uh, <laughs> pictures on Google, and I'm like, damn, we'll that a, shit looks we'll good. We'll put a picture up on the screen right now. <laughs> it sounds fire, yeah. That's a, I'm glad you had that, because I think we're gonna get a lot of generic answers, but yeah, you sold me on that. What did you get your degree? Did you get your degree in fucking sales, or what? Ah, close enough. No, um, no, I'm a finance. Creative question there. Finance, yeah, yeah. yeah you should definitely, uh, <laughs> you, you should definitely start selling shit, dude. Like, if you were booking a guided hunt right now, you would already have my deposit in your bank account. <laughs> and it's not like I don't. Yeah, you're selling it well. Um, some more like basic questions we ask everyone we already know you got boats and dogs what kind of boat do you got um i got little misfit boats man um first one is like a little 15 foot modified v um my buddy's a welder and did a bunch of custom work to it so we got like a little uh you know like a pierrot rack looks like um we got like yeah. a little those built in with you know floodlights spotlights nav lights and everything um so nothing fancy, but just basically, you know, a little 1546, you know, modified V John boat. And then the second one is a little, you ever heard of a beaver tail stealth 2000? Yeah. Yeah. Like the big, like yeah. kayak type deal. Yeah. It's yeah. Big, I know what you're talking about. It's 12 feet long, 36 inches wide. It's got the dual uh, pontoon style and it's more stable than you can believe and through all the madness um i ended up modifying it a bit and i got a 11 horsepower mud motor that i run on that thing and i was just about to ask you like one like i've looked at them i i kayak on a lot um but i'm looking to pull away from my kayak setup that i have now because i'm lazy and i like things to be easy and I want to put a motor, but I don't want another full-size boat. I want something for myself and my dog. I've, I've looked at the beaver tail several times over the last couple of years, but I want one, and I want to slap a long tail on it. Oh, you're going like, to love it. You like it, and it's nice? <laughs> oh, dude, it's my favorite thing in the world. Um, 
Yeah, man, I'll send you some videos and everything afterwards. But please, it's, please it, do. <laughs> it, I, right now, we're in bass fishing season, so I take it out to the lakes with the dogs and everything. And yeah. uh, dude, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I use it during duck hunting season. It's exactly what you said. It's me, and I can fit. It's me and one dog and gear, um, or I can fit me and two dogs and fishing stuff. Um, yeah. But during season, man, it's just me, one dog and gear. I, I got a coffin blind on my coffin blind doors, if you will, on there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a little self-sustained hunting system. I can fit about three dozen decoys, my mojos. Um, at this point, I usually just use jerk rigs anyways. Um, and I can anchor as much as like, you know, 40 feet of water. Or I can just pull it right up against the, you know, kind of uh, reeds itself. Um, the horse, the the motor itself is pretty smooth. I don't know how much research you've done, but a lot of them are off the back handle. Um, the one that I built is modified, and so it's transomed if you if that's a word um yeah. off of the seat itself and so it's okay. forward and it gives me perfect stability i can do about 18 19 miles an hour which between <laughs> me and- Damn, that's pretty fucking fast for a little guy oh that's that sounds sketchy <laughs> a, little, a little bit too fast between you <laughs> but yeah man i can do about you know, 19 miles an hour fully loaded down and i can cruise uh, in with that much weight I, it takes me about you know five six inches of water versus like the four inches that they advertise online yeah uh, yeah man we cruise in some skinny shit and that's what i that's what i'm looking for like i'm, I'm glad you own this because you can look at my facebook like search history and shit like my marketplace <laughs> and like that's all i've been trying to find is one of those uh so do you like layout? You have like a layout line on it. You said, basically, yeah. So it's got yeah. a big. I call it a cockpit, but it's a flat floor. And yeah. um, when I get all set up, I just flip my, you know, flip the motor around, and it actually sits on the side. And I, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Mo Marsh, but they have like a little ratcheting uh, layout pad pad itself, and yeah. basically just like a little chair essentially. And I, I got that, you know, kind of built in where I can slip it in when I get ready. Um, I got little tabs welded onto the side of the cockpit and I've got blind doors attached to that, that just literally swing open. Like you're in a pit blind almost, um, yeah. blind, but they're actually on a hinge and yeah, man, you just shoot the ducks right in the face. Um, my dog sits behind me. Um, most times than not, she's stable. The old dog Rufus, he's very stable, but he's like 10 years old, getting a little rough now. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a duck killing machine. Yeah, I think I'm a. I think you sold me on that too. That's funny. I because I, I, <laughs> no. I have a I kayak hunt the whole. Like, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was just saying you. I was joking about it. Um, I tell everybody I, I used to do the same thing, man. Not kayak hunting, but I used to paddle. I used to you know hike and everything like that. And I, I just got fat and lazy. And uh, after a while, I just decided I I need a motor. I need a mud motor. <laughs> Not half the way there, but just all the way there. Um, and a little flatbed trailer to put this stealth on, and you'll be in business. Well, see, I went from I kayak hunt. I have like a I have a blind on it, and and it's a beast. I love it because you can hide anywhere, like you said, and you're just self-contained. You don't have to worry about anything. What I don't love is it's also a beast to paddle, especially when you're weighing it down. It's just a tank in the water. But I hunted out of it. Then I bought a 16-foot Pro Drive oh. and last year. So I ran my boat all year last year. I sold my boat this spring. I want to get back into my kayak. 
but then there's the I hunted out of a boat all last year side of me that doesn't want to paddle every day. So I'm trying to find a compromise within myself of like, I still want to be low profile, self-contained without paddling. (laughs) So that's my answer. I'm going to find one. (laughs) Next time you talk to me, I'm going to own one. I'm going to send you a video of it. But. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Any little diagram. It's a, it's a cool little motor mount we built up. Um, it works pretty damn well too. Um, Please do. Yeah, it's fun, man. Bang. Actually... You got to get one, Chang. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like I've hunted out of one of those um, those beaver tails. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've hunted those. Well, I had a paddle, and <laughs> that shit wasn't fun. But no. I might have to slap on a mud motor for that too (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's 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 the move this year what uh what shotgun do you shoot colin um for the longest time man uh remington 870 express that i got when i was 12 years old and for my wedding present about two years ago my wife actually bought me a benelli so now i I shoot a benelli um it's the uh it's the ultralight which is actually an upland gun but I uh, tend to smack the ducks. <laughs> I've got that good too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sir. Yeah, so that's what I use. Man. I, I shoot a bunch of quail as well too, and so between <laughs> ducks, man, it's. It, Wait, is yours? Is yours a twenty gauge? No, it's a twelve gauge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Suck that one. Uh, bad. I, uh, on me for having a twenty gauge. <laughs> I wish my wife would buy me a Benelli. I got a wife. I'm not lying. She puts up with all my duck shit and she. Buys- <laughs> Talking for my wedding present. That's wow. awesome. At least yeah. we know she supports you. She does. <laughs> but what's the key to that? You support her, right? I do. <laughs> I uh, she loves the dogs too. That's how we first place. And so she loves the fact that I take the dogs out. She knows how much the dogs love to go retrieve and you know go hunt and everything. Um, and yeah, you know I support her as well too. But uh, it, it works out. I'm pretty lucky. There's your answer, ladies and gentlemen. The key to a happy wife. <laughs> Is giving as much as you get. There you go. That's for all <laughs> the young like guys. I, I, dude, I have so many friends that argue constantly about hunting, and you know, I, I've said it before. I don't know if it was in a video or a podcast, but like, I have, like, I respect the hell out of Maddie for putting up with all the shit I put her through. Like, I'm not even just me, us. We are not easy men to be in a relationship with period to live with. I mean, you know, like if, if you're a hardcore, not even waterfowl, but just a hunter, I mean, you're wired. Like if you're like me, that's all you think about. Like even year round, I mean, it's fucking July and I'm sitting here at eight o'clock at night talking to some random dudes about ducks. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and she puts up with, it. I'm like, Hey babe, go in the bedroom and stay quiet. Cause I'm doing a podcast, you know, all from November. Well, really from September when hunting season first starts until February, she doesn't get one weekend with me. Like, I'm just going, 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 gone. If I'm not hunting, I'm getting shit ready. Like, it's just, you know, and then with Boone and training and the channel and everything. Like, they, I have so much respect for her and how much she puts up with. Because I know if she was that involved and committed to something, like, it would be very demanding to support that. So, yeah, the key to everyone is, is you got to, give back when you can 
<laughs> I, I'm just fortunate that like she puts up with way more shit than most people would. So I don't know. Just throwing those out there, trying to get my brownie points for the season. And, and like having your wife come home and you know there being you know, fourteen dead ducks sitting in the fridge waiting to get plucked. <laughs> yeah, she loves that. She loves when I pluck them in the kitchen. That's her favorite thing. I I don't actually. So in Arizona, it's too hot to pluck them outside. So we have to pluck them in the kitchen. I, I did. That reminds me. I wanted to ask that. Are you when you're hunting? You know, you're hunting in these warm temperatures. Are you concerned? Like if you're hunting late morning and it's getting in the 80s, 90s, do you guys take like ice chests for your birds? Or are you concerned at all about meat? Yeah, I I don't. And I kind of preface that with, man, I'm a pussy when it comes to wild game. I, I like eating good tasting food. I don't want to taste eat bad tasting food. Yeah. So I always bring a cooler with me. And if it gets hot, I'll toss my ducks in the cooler once I get back to the car. Um, but, you know, honestly, man, waterfowl are pretty, pretty tolerant birds when it comes to, like, spoiling and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you're going to be hunting all day, okay, maybe you got an issue with it. But as long as you keep them out of the sun, uh, we don't really have an issue with that. Yeah, no, I was curious. Because, like, you know, we'll be dove hunting. Like, when we're dove hunting, like, if you leave your doves out for too long, like, especially here, it's hot as hell during in September. I mean, you know, if, if you're hunting until 10 or 11, like, they're starting to get hot and squishy and stinky. And like you said, you know, I'm not I'm not a pussy, but I, I don't want some rotten-ass dove meat. Like, <laughs> so I was just curious, you know, like, if you had any, like, preventative measures you had to do or if that was even a thing. It's cold enough for us that you know we can just throw them on the floor and they just get colder. <laughs> but no, what uh, what shells do you shoot? What are you running that Benelli? Boss, boss shot. Yeah, you like it? There's no reason to shoot anything else, man. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a math guy. Um, I like numbers and shit. Obviously, that's what I do for a living. And <laughs> Dude, you start you start looking at ballistics and what it takes to kill a duck and a pattern and everything, and you can also talk to the old the old timers and shit, man. Lead, there, sorry, steel doesn't do the trick. Yeah. Uh, steel is just not an ideal low or metal, if you will, for killing ducks. And when you start looking at bismuth, dude, it just it's just not fair. It's just really not fair. Um, there's no cripples. There's no ducks swimming away. There's no winged ducks with feathers gone. There's just dead ducks floating upside down. And I'll tell you this much, the dogs appreciate it the most. Well, and, you know, it's it's fun. I'm, I'm glad we talked this week, Colin, because I've been looking at Boss, too, and I was going to order a case <laughs> of Boss shot because it's your laughing thing. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because it's like, it's just how he brought up Boss and it's something you're looking into or the boat <laughs> and stuff like that. It's that, perfect. That, I know. Thank you. Know, you. It's, just, it's just perfect, you know. That's why yeah. I laugh. But well, I was looking at it because it's it's a reasonably priced shell. It's not that expensive when you break it down for I a mean, case of shells. It I don't know about that. It, I I find it to be expensive. But I I'm I'm done I'm done with the days of shooting Rios. Okay, I, I've been there, done that. I've got <laughs> God knows how many cases. Um, so if I'm shooting heavy metal, if I'm shooting black cloud, or if I'm shooting boss, those are all the same price. And for that, I think it's the best shell on the market. Oh, do you shoot the three inch or the two and three quarters? I shoot the shorties. Yeah. Well, that's everyone I know shoots the two and three quarters. That's why I was curious. Yeah. And because the case that, is what? 280, 270? 
No, man, it's like two fifty shipped to your door tax free. Well, they're even better. That's twenty five a box, dude. I mean, that's in my opinion, that is not that bad. It's it, it, and and it's ducks like you if you're if your percentage of ducks killed goes up from fifty percent to seventy five percent, you're using less shells. And I'd probably only use a case of shells in a season. And that's if we had like a good season. I mean, we don't get that many fucking ducks. Uh, I'm not that good at shooting, but fair enough. Um, but I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like if you're hitting, I would say two out of three shots is a reasonable assumption. Okay, that's pretty good. I, right? I Yeah, 60%, 66%. I think about 50-50 is what I'm <laughs> going home with. If, if, I, if I can shoot my seven ducks with 15 shells, I think that's fair. I'm with you, I'm probably <laughs> I probably shoot 50%. Some of the people I hunt with are going to come on here and comment and make fun of me. I think I shoot 50%. But there's, you know, like I shoot cheap shells. I always have because I'm a cheap ass. Uh and but that, I, but that, you know you'll shoot like if I feather a bird, I know it should be dead. That's why I want to go to a nice shell. Yeah, I, I will say the big thing is the cripples. I like it, I'm talking about 14 shells, and that's everything that I went through for the entire day. Like I would kill my seven ducks with just 14 shells, not 14 shots and cripple cleanup kind of thing, but like 14 shells, and maybe one of them was to water swat one of my buddy's ducks kind of thing. Yeah, uh, it it knocks them dead, and I have like a ninety percent cripple rate. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even a, why are you laugh? It's not a joke. I'm being serious. He's changing my life. He's advising me. It's like we're on his podcast. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I we get so many. I don't. There's very few birds that we do not have to clean up on the water. Yeah, I. Oh, man, it's tough. We we hunt in some pretty nasty places, like where the ducks want to be in Arizona. Um, to give you like a little understanding of kind of the more th- the ecology of the Ar- Arizona, we got these big ass reservoir lakes, and they change water levels like upwards of fifty feet a year, kind of thing between the monsoons to the dry season to the winter rains and shit like that. Yeah, we yeah. up and down. And so what happens is in the dry spells, they get like a bunch of tree growth and stuff, and that like the inlets of the lakes. And then when the monsoons come, all that shit gets flooded up. And basically, man, you're hunting flooded timber. It's kind of cool stuff. Yeah. And the ducks are in there. They're not eating aquatic stuff. They're eating bugs. And it's like some kind of nasty, like, deadfall situation, you know, gnarly (laughs) gnarls with, you know, it's essentially 20 foot of water with, you know, a a 30 foot tree, 10 foot above water. And, you know, it gets nasty back there. Um and not having to send the dog on cripples or have her swim through, you know, cattails and stuff, it makes my life a lot easier. I, I really think she appreciates it the most. Yeah, no, I heard that. That's a I put that on my to-do list, boss. <laughs> I got to run that by Maddie first. We're moving. <laughs> we're literally we're closing on a new house next Friday. So, oh, congratulations. That's all. Thank you, but it kind of sucks because my hunting budget is kind of cut down now. So, <laughs> if anyone's listening to this podcast and wants to sponsor Fine V Outdoors, I need it more than ever right now. <laughs> uh, 
one last question for you. This is the most important question to me. What is your go-to morning snack in the blind? Coffee and there's these little peanut butter pretzels from Costco that come in a big ass tub. And that's what I eat all season long. Coffee and that. Coffee and peanut butter pretzels. Yeah. I'm not a peanut butter guy. I feel like that just sounds like a recipe to make your mouth retardedly dry. That's why I got the coffee. Um, <laughs> I like it. You're not wrong. It makes your mouth retardedly dry. Yeah, well, like peanut butter and salt. It's peanut butter, salt, and pretzels, like dry pretzels. Yeah. Really dry. No, it, but it that sound. with coffee, oh, it's fantastic. And uh, to be honest with you, it's it's usually iced coffee, right? Because we're talking about, you know, pretty pretty warm weather. But <laughs> yeah. it makes for a really nice morning. It's not bad. At least no. you didn't say honey buns. I'm making a list of everyone who says honey buns, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm blocking them on Facebook. It's no, I, I got a couple of buddies actually who are just fantastic cooks, and so we invite them out as much as we can. And you know, they usually make like breakfast burritos and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But that's that's my favorite. Yeah. Well, we see we cook in the blind when we hunt the blind. Well, I'll bring a little camp stove and a, a cast iron, and we'll we'll make breakfast burritos is usually the go-to. But I need something to get me through the morning until we get to breakfast burrito time, because usually we don't eat into like formally eat in the blind until probably like nine. Oh, you're an eat after hunt, not eat before hunt. Yeah, I don't have time for that, dude. Like I I we've talked about on here before. I'm not a friendly guy in the AM. So <laughs> I keep them I don't want to cook for people. I don't want to hear people bitch. I'd like to have my light. I don't you know, it just we're gonna wait till after. We're gonna wait for the big morning flight to come. We'll see if any bigger groups wake up late. And then when it really slows down, we'll pull out the stove and we'll start cooking. You know, I'm a I enjoy being in the duck blind or wherever. I'm the type of person who will sit out there for hours telling myself it's gonna happen soon. Like, you know, I I'm an optimistic hunter. Uh, I don't know why, because years of doing it has proven that I'm usually wrong, but I wait out the storm, per se. Uh, Man, I don't know about that. Some of my favorite hunts are in the afternoon. I, I don't hunt the afternoon here because I I hunt the mornings. I, I, I don't know how people do it. Some people, like, I've heard of people going out at sunrise and sitting, like, duck hunting until sunset. I couldn't do it. I need a fucking nap. Oh, I mean, no, I'm talking about going to work until, like, 10 or 11 in the morning and then, like, driving to the duck blind and shooting, like, the afternoon birds. You know, I've never tried that here. I don't really want to either. I don't. I just don't. I'm. I'm not optimistic about that here. I don't think it would work. So maybe I'm, I'll try it this year. I'm a warm-blooded hunter, so in like January, <laughs> it gets a little cold in the mornings. Like it gets down to like 25, 30 degrees, and I like to let it warm up back to 50 before we go back out. So hunts, <laughs> they they they're pretty nice. Nah, see, I'm the opposite. Honestly, I will if it's if I see a low. Like, if the morning low is, like, 20 degrees, I am 10 times more likely to get up and go hunt that day than if the morning low is 55. I just, I don't know. I have this, I don't know. It's different for you guys, I guess, because it's warm there all the time. But for me, like, warm weather is bad hunting. 
Agreed. And that's it's not even like it's not even necessarily true here because we've had shoots on like warm rainy mornings that were good and productive. It's just like it's how my brain was wired, and it's one of those things where it's like you know old habits die hard. And like I'm a stubborn old man who won't let that go. It's cold. Cold mornings are good. Warm mornings aren't. There's no factual evidence behind that. I think there could be some, especially when you start talking about like storm fronts coming in and everything, like birds moving on a weather pattern. Well, I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just spewing opinion. I'm the <laughs> I'm the guy on Facebook bitching about the corn in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, we uh, do have Vang here who lives in Minnesota. Yeah, are there giant duck sanctuaries with du signs that are filled with corn? Not that I'm aware of or have seen. But there could be. <laughs> but there could be, yes. That's all we needed to know. <laughs> all right. I do have a... I, actually, I have one more question for you. I said I was that was my last one, but I do have one I have to ask you because I had someone comment on our last video and he wanted a freaking answer. Um, so let me pull the comment up so I can quote it verbatim. His name is Dakota. <laughs> of course it's Dakota. Is, is yeah, it he Dakota a- I know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he asked late, too. He was like, I did a poll on Instagram. Well, then he like commented on the video. I was like, ask him this. And I was like, well, dude, he just w- listened to it. I didn't say that. But, or was it on Alabama? Did I forget him last week? Uh, yeah, I don't think you asked. Or mentioned Dakota last week. Okay, I can't find the comment. So maybe, uh, maybe it's not on there. Now I look like a jackass. Maybe it was on Facebook. <sighs> my Wi-Fi is being slow. We're about to get new Wi-Fi too. I, that's like my number one priority for our move is Wi-Fi. And I spent forty-five minutes on the phone with AT and T customer service today because that's who we use for Wi-Fi right now. And I talked to three different people from presumably three different countries. Uh, <laughs> and never actually got a solid answer. So, have you considered looking at like I don't know if you guys have Xfinity down there, but that's Xfinity what we're switching to now. Yeah, because AT and T is not offered where we live, so we are getting Xfinity. I can't find this comment, so I'm not going to waste any more time. <laughs> uh, sorry, Dakota. Text me your question, and I'll answer it next time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's gonna. We broke over our hour mark. That was a. It was nice talking to you, Colin. I, I again, I appreciate you for coming on, man. Uh, I know it was kind of random. Like I messaged this dude on Instagram, and then he sent you something. I don't know. I don't even know how it worked, but he messaged you, and then yeah, Colin met me through Instagram like last week. So we got <laughs> it hashed out. But he was more than willing and excited, and brought some some fun interesting conversation to the show and i'm like i said arizona actually sounds like a pretty good state to go so i'm am gonna put that on my to go list so right now i have alabama and arizona i'm gonna have to put a limit on how many states i can add (laughs) right because i'm gonna end this with like 40 states that i have to go to that's funny well hey when it's uh when the rest of the country's all frozen up man you're welcome to come on down here we uh we shoot ducks through the 31st of january and we have a pretty good darn time doing it 
We uh, I might take you up on that. Vang might take you up on that. His yeah. his country we will end. be frozen like three months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hold up in Minnesota. I, it's, it's it's called a ship. Yeah, it sure is. My country doesn't freeze, but. but. I'll still take you up on it. If our duck season sucks, I might book a flight to Arizona. Uh, but again, <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Vang, I appreciate you uh, for showing up late today and still being <laughs> able to do the podcast. Uh, thank you again to all our listeners. If you're on YouTube watching this, like I said, like, share, and hit that subscribe button, guys. Um, we're slowly creeping up to 1,000 subscribers. That is our new goal. And once we hit 1,000 subscribers, i promised some dude i would give away a rogers a-frame uh i promised him this when i had like 100 subscribers and i was like oh, i'm never gonna have a thousand well we're getting pretty fucking close uh so i need to put that money aside once we hit a thousand <laughs> giving away an a-frame i'm a man of my word um so if you're not a subscriber hit that button maybe you'll get a free a-frame out of it who knows follow us on instagram and facebook at flying v outdoors Head over to Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast. Type in the Flying V Podcast and check us out over there as well. Give us a follow. Guys, I appreciate y'all's time. Colin, I'm going to be staying in touch with you, man, because I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of fucking questions for you. Uh, I appreciate you again, man. And uh, we're going to make sure here in the next couple weeks when I get the 50 States of Waterfowl shirts in, uh, you're going to be on my list of shit to send. So let me add you to that list right now. I appreciate all y'all. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.